Welcome to episode 356 of the Next Level Life podcast. Today I'm chatting with Sarah Jansel, who is the Shopify queen. And we're talking all about leveling up your Shopify store and improving your customer experience. Sarah Jansel is such a fan of all things e-commerce, and she is both the owner of Jansel & Co. and a Shopify queen who helps you build, brand, and grow your awesome Shopify store. She's so passionate about all things strategy and businesses and excited to help others realize their passions in this space. After starting her own Shopify store, Sarah sought out as much information as possible to set one up, run it, and make it profitable. She now teaches all of her incredible students how to do the exact same thing, with also supporting them with the tech side. Our conversation covers how to overcome the fear of tech and setting up your Shopify store, out-of-the-box ideas on how to create passive income, how to grow your email list to boost your online sales, how to scale your Shopify sales and brand, the top mistakes e-commerce businesses make, and what to consider when reviewing your customer journey and customer experience. We also dive into what to do when you hit a plateau in your sales, how to share your story and create a community around your e-commerce brand, and the most important thing when it comes to post-purchase experiences. I'd love for you to get to know Sarah as we dive into to this topic and all things Shopify. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to uplevel your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Today on the podcast, I have the beautiful Sarah, who is a Shopify queen, and we're going to be talking all about setting up your Shopify store and taking it to the next level. So thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to to chat with you today. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like when we first connected, I feel like I was like, oh, this is something that I don't necessarily do with my clients at all. And I think there's so much to it when it has, when it comes to a product-based business. And I felt like there's, there's some elements here that you could really add so much value to my audience and to be able to support the women out there that are either you know, already establishing their business and they want to set up a Shopify store because they have some products that they're just trying to introduce or whether they already have a store and they're literally like, okay, I need to grow this. How do I do it? And I wanted to bring you on to be able to dive into all of that. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in working with Shopify sites and helping women to be able to set theirs up and grow them? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been kind of there all over the map of the person's persons that you were describing. (laughs) Uh, Originally, before I got into Shopify, uh, I've got a 20 year history in corporate. Uh, So I worked, you know, with big banks, fortune 500 companies, consulting firms, Um, I was actually in business, HR, and then operations, uh, as a VP at a tech company in my last role. And, you know, I've been doing all of that for so long, I loved it. Uh, But I was really eager to always kind of be my own boss, always kind of talked about it. I'm sure like many of the people who are listening where you kind of have that little tickle and it's like, you know, you talk about it on a vacation or over a glass of wine and is it ever a reality? So um, I ended up uh, launching my first business while I was in corporate and it was a fashion boutique. So it was called Sadie and Sari. And I was trying to bring the California vibes to Canada because I'm from Canada and just love the West Coast fashion. We need more sunshine here for sure. And, you know, I did that for about three years and I had hired a coach during the pandemic because I was like looking at different opportunities to continue to scale that. 
Uh, and I was never really thinking like, am I going to leave corporate or not at that time? It was just kind of like, I love doing both. And at that time, the pandemic had actually hit. And this coach I was working with was like, listen, you know, not to totally derail this program that you bought with me. And, but I have like three or four clients right now who are like panicking because they're in the midst of trying to figure out how they get online. And you have this coaching background and you know how to do Shopify. Like, would you be willing to help them? And so, you know, I took a couple of clients on and, you know, after that I was like, wow, no, this is, this is the business for me. Like, not only did I love the creative aspect of the e-commerce and the fashion and doing all the things, but I really loved working with clients one-on-one to help build their businesses. So it was just filling that void that I think I was missing. So actually a month later, I left my corporate job. It was pretty quickly. I was like, this is a great opportunity. I know it's, you know, you think pandemic and, you know, not great, but at the same time with all of these people, who needed support, I was like, there's actually no better time to get out there and share, you know, my skills and what I can do. So, um, you know, lo and behold, I started doing that kind of my own. And now here we are with Jansel and co and I've got a small boutique team and we're building branding and growing awesome Shopify stores with a lot of our clients. So yeah, it's kind of a neat journey. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And you're so right. Like, even though like with the rest of the world going crazy, it was the perfect time for you to set up a business because everyone, I had the same thing with clients that literally like all their excuses that they had been, you know, leaning towards and using to limit themselves by getting online. They, that was all gone because they were like, if we're going to survive, we have to be online. And it was literally that opportunity that you can either make or break. Right. And I think that it forced a lot of people to go, we're just going to have to work through it and figure it out. And what a perfect time. My God, that just how it's so funny how the universe yeah. just works perfectly that to, to set you up in that exact relationship with that coach with that coach being able to go for you to say hey can you can you help us out here and then that set you up on your journey how crazy yeah it's so crazy i feel like one of the biggest things that we saw come out of that was just like the innovation from people and like how they had to do it was like they had to quickly just figure out another way and you know i don't think online's going anywhere even though we're craving and definitely doing more in-person stuff but i think it's just gonna the two will complement each other and you've got to find a way to you know, now we're into the space of making online a little more humanistic, right? So I think we've changed our perspective of what that experience is like. Yeah. And I think that people, you're so right, the people that were really, you know, holding their ground of like, no, 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 I don't need to be online. It literally changed the way that they even saw it, right? Like it it came rather than it looked like this thing of like, that's too hard. And I don't think I like that. I'd rather stay in person that they actually had to be forced to be online and then realize that, hang on a minute, this is actually pretty good. And I can make money when I'm sleeping and there's lots of different ways that I can utilize this in my business. And you're right. It becomes that compliment alongside it. Like I remember being in corporate and uh, being working with a lot of business owners and they would have retail brands and we were always the same as well. We were like, you need to create your own site. Like you need to actually be selling your product online because there's going to be clients at home that are sitting in front of the TV at seven o'clock at night going, Oh, I really want that product or I really need that. That's right. I've run out of this and I need this. And you know what? They're not going to go to you to buy it. They're not going to get in the car. They can't, you're closed. They're not going to come and figure out how to get it. So it was so interesting to see some people at that time, like, go, yes, I really want to adopt this idea and and put it into place. And others that were just literally like, no, no, we're just brick and mortar. And it's so funny how those businesses have continued to thrive and others have really struggled. So 
It's been such a fascinating mm-hmm. business scape, hasn't it, over the last few years? Yeah. Oh my gosh, has it ever? I was just at uh, an e-commerce conference it's called Ecom World. It's pretty big, and you know, obviously, all the the big e-com companies are coming out and they're talking about like all the trends. And they were saying that we've fast tracked in the last two years, like ten plus years. And wow. you know, it's it's so true. You know, you're seeing all these different things, and you know, I think some people did resist at first. Like I know what you mean, and they were kind of like, I'm going to wait this out and see. And, you know, eventually they ended up having to get on board, but I feel like I have yet to meet somebody who's a client or somebody who's had to go online where they're like, oh, I don't like this. It's actually the complete opposite where they're like, oh my God, you know, maybe they don't know all the things, but they're like, I'm learning and like every day is a new day and it's really helping me. It's really helping me in my business, not hindering me the other way around. Yeah. So I'd love to know, like, what is your favorite part about getting someone online like that? Yeah. So my favorite part is honestly just the whole fact that we kind of have clients that come to us for different reasons, but we either have the new business, so it's brand new. And, you know, with my business coaching background, there's a lot more that comes to the table than just the Shopify stuff. Cause I'm thinking about the processes, the operations, you know, the people, the way that they're structuring it and obviously the consumer lens. Uh, so there's always that piece and there's just so much that comes out of that. Cause it's like, you have a blank slate when you have have a new business. So I love that about it. And then with the other clients who are like, they were kind of already on board, but maybe they're like a redesign, like, how do I take this to the next level? And it's like, well, let's dive in really deep about what you've learned, you know, since you've started and how are you actually, you know, best representing your client and what are some ways that we could put some fun, innovative things in place that would really complement the customer and make sure that that entire journey with you is like awesome. So I feel like regardless of where they're at, there's just this whole aspect of like, how can we make this better? There's this continuous improvement lens. And that was always something that I chose in my corporate roles. Like even as an HR person, I never did like the direct HR role. It was like, I always took on the tough roles where you could come in and implement projects and, you know, do different things and just like totally take a different look at something and make it really cool. So I feel like that's Mm. the most exciting part. And I feel like that's what the part that clients love. And that's what we want to help them do without having them get stuck in like, how do I figure out this tech thing? It's like, no, you don't have to do that. We'll help you with that part. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Because it's like tech can be such a challenge for so many people. And I think that and different age groups as well, right? Like I feel like and this is not an ageist Thing. It's literally just because they didn't grow up with it at, at an older age, they really struggle with it because it's something so new. And I think that like, and I have this as well with some clients that really struggle with the tech side of things. And I feel like the biggest thing is just getting over that hurdle of the mindset block of like, can I just be a beginner and be open to learning something new and recognize that I can't, I'm not going to know it all unless I give it a go, right? Like I'm not going to actually figure Absolutely. it out unless I take the next step and you know, learn it. And I think that one of the biggest things is we tell ourselves, it's almost like this, this barrier that we put in front of us where we just like, no, that's too hard. And then it becomes this big barrier that literally stops us from moving forward. Do you see that with a lot of? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And actually it's funny. Cause like, well, I'm not very techie. It's like almost, almost every client call I have <laughs> that <laughs> I, I hear that. And I'm like, that's okay. You don't need to be. And you know, one of our models, we do obviously do, um, services for clients. So if they don't want to do it, like we, we do things for clients, like done for you services, but we also really have, like, I was really a big proponent of having like an empowerment model. So no matter what we do, if we build a store, if we, you know, integrate an email system for you, you 
you know, if we set up, you know, a quiz, you know, uh, about like why your product is amazing, or I have a company right now, it's like, what flavor of caramel are you? Because they're a caramel company, like anything like that. At the end of that, we always take the time to debrief and actually train the client. So it's different than I think a lot of other companies where it's kind of like, here you go, you know, we've done this for you and you're good to go, or you have to keep coming back to the well. It's like, well, you can, and we'll keep, you know, helping you with that. But we really try to make sure that our clients know exactly what they're doing. So they don't feel like, why well, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, and we have other supports and resources and programs and things if they want to join those to like continue on that learning path. But I feel like that, I totally love agree it. with you. It's like a stumbling block. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love how you've the concept of it being an empowerment model. I totally agree. Like the way that I work with my coaching is that I want my clients to literally become self-dependent, right? Like, and I see this sometimes in the coaching industry where clients become codependent with their coach. And I'm like, that's not at all what I'm trying to create here. And anytime someone ever says to me, oh, I really need accountability. I'm like, oh, okay, this is where I'm different. I'm, I'm actually going to set you up to be self-accountable because I don't want you to be accountable to me because I'm not, I need, I'm never going to love your business as much as you are. And I love that you're setting the people up in the, in the space that they get to be empowered in that space the same way, like anything, right? If we know a little bit more about it, we're more likely to continue on with it. Otherwise, every time they have a tech issue, what are they going to do? They're going to have to come back to you. Yeah. As I feel like my worst nightmare would be to get like the panicked email in the middle of the night. Like I honestly, I don't get those. I do get oh, emails so where clients good. are diving in and trying to figure things out, but it's like, no, we want to teach you. And I think the other thing with that too, is like, depending on where you're at in your business, you might actually be wearing a few hats at first, you know? And so you do need to know enough to be dangerous, to be able to function, to be able to manage your business. And then as you start to add people, if you've got that knowledge or you need somebody else to kind of outsource it to, then you're like, you're feeling good about doing that because you actually know where you're at and you know how to run your business. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, it's, it's a huge thing for me. So huge, right? Like how many times do you hear the stories of people getting ripped off or having to spend thousands and thousands of dollars spending, you know, trying to fix a website or fix a Shopify site because they don't know what they're doing and they literally don't know what they're asking for. And they get like, oh, it happens so often. I so saw, I, I just, I freaking love that. Like, I think that's, yeah, that's gold in that piece because it's like, it's yeah. almost like, you know, I remember my, um, my dad always saying to me, like, you need to know the ins and outs of your car. So then when you go to a mechanic, you know what they're talking about and they're not just going to rip you off. It's a similar situation, right? Like once you actually are empowered with the information, you're more likely to be able to invest or at least hire the right person for the right job and not be wasting your time and energy. I totally, I love it. All Everything about that. That's so good, Sarah. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to add on to that too, where it's like, you know, part of that's about the business owner for sure. And I completely agree with everything you just said, <laughs> the mechanic part, like it's the same thing. But the other part is like, you know, things are just moving so quickly. You know, we saw that obviously we fast track that, you know, through the pandemic and, you know, the last few years, but I feel like, you know, uh, when we see industry trends and things like there's still some staples that are happening with ways that we want to run our business. But like when things are happening, if you're not empowered to react quickly, then, you know, you might get left behind again and so i think part of that empowerment is also making sure that you're staying ahead of things and your business is fresh and you know you've got seasonal promotions and like you know all the things that customers really want you to have and you're doing that easily <laughs> oh so, so true so true i had a client at the beginning of the pandemic and we've been working together already for two months and she runs in in-person workshops and so that was like oh now it's going to have to literally be cut all together and we had already been talking about creating a group 
online space uh, and because and she had a lot of hesitation towards it because she was literally like I don't know if I can do that I don't know if it's even possible to do that and I was like it's totally possible we've got to work through the block of it because you can't scale with only having a certain number because with the space that she had she could only fit like 12 people in the room and I was like you can't scale that like you're going to be doing that for the rest of your life trying to make the same money for the rest of your life like how do you, do you want to do that and she was like okay I'm, I'm, I'm willing to look at this and then as soon as the pandemic hit she was like I'm gonna have to do it now and she was forced to do it and it was such a great experience that she was the same mm-hmm. she actually kept it in as part of her repertoire for, and then for people who weren't local right so then she could actually service people who were further out and it has impacted her business in a really positive way and I think that sometimes she was able to innovate quickly because we'd already been talking about it and you know setting up the structure of what it would look like. So then when that happened, she actually had to jump in very quickly because she literally had a workshop, I think the weekend after we shut down and she was like, well, I either have to cancel and give everyone's money back. And I was like, no, you don't put it all online. Like no one has a choice now. You're going to have to do it. And your clients are going to be even more accommodating because they want what you're offering. They've already paid for it. They're going to show up. And I'm like, it's almost like the perfect storm to set you up online. And she did it. And she was just like, I don't know why I thought it wouldn't be as great as I thought. Like (laughs) uh, it's really changed the way that she thought about it because I think that we often think that, yes, I absolutely agree that there is an in-person connection that you can't replicate online to an extent, but if you do it well, you absolutely can. Like we met as part of a mastermind and the mastermind that we were a part of, I feel like they did that extremely well, right? They set up that space for Mm -hmm. connections and networking and being able to have that safe space to, to be able to connect. And I think that, it may be just the learning curve, but once you move through the learning curve and you're open and curious to be innovative and to be able to trial and error, I think that it can only be the better, best thing for your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I feel like we've kind of been through this whole path of like disruption. And, you know, I could say even for myself, you know, at times when, you know, you've got all these best laid plans and they get disrupted somehow. And it's like, you know, instead of being like, well, you know, maybe we'll cancel or, you know, maybe I won't do that thing that I'm going to do or it's not possible now. It's like, well, how can we embrace that? Mm-hmm. And I think you're so right. Like, I think people really appreciate I think people have a higher tolerance now for things like changing yeah. on a dime. <laughs> uh, so if you're in the audience of that, it's probably OK. You probably have a bit more empathy than you did before. Uh, But I also think that it's starting to change things for the better. Like you said, like maybe it's more efficient, maybe, you know, it's, you know, easier, maybe people are more people can access it because it's Mm. that way, you know, like all of those things that we maybe didn't quite have to think about, or they're like unintended positive consequences of what's happened. Love it. Love it. Totally agree. So let's dive into more about Shopify. So I would love for you to share with us where like if it have you seen anything like outside the box being added to a Shopify site because I feel like sometimes that we when I say Shopify people are going to be like oh but I don't have a product necessarily but I think sometimes we can monetize elements in our business on a Shopify site and maybe we haven't considered yet what have you seen that might be different yeah oh my gosh okay so I feel like there's a couple there's so many things I want to say here but (laughs) I'm like maybe just talking about some of the types of businesses and I can give some examples of what I'm seeing out there so you know there's your typical like I'm going to develop a product and I have some really cool uh, product brands that I've worked with like Huxware is one of them they have a performance women's underwear line it's about say no to camel toe it came out of a need from uh, the gal who worked at the bank uh, that I 
I worked with who was at the gym and was like, oh my God, we need to fix this. So, you know, just really incredible things like that where we're seeing like new technology and new things that are coming out. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of other things like, you know, we're seeing, you know, businesses. I know a lot of people think about drop shipping and yes, of course there's drop shipping, but one of the more like sneakier, creepier products that's coming up is actually print on demand. So, you know, if you have an idea for a product, but you don't want to invest in like MOQ and like all the inventory and all the things that come along with that, because you need like $20,000 a lot of times to develop a product, you can actually create something. If you have a design in mind or a logo or something like that, if it's a t-shirt, a homeware, maybe you're an artist and you want to have prints, you know, and things like that. Print on demand is literally like it sounds. You can like very quickly add your design to a number of items, yoga mats, homewares, all the things, and then actually have it out there and in the market like instantaneously. The nice thing about that is a lot of times you are kind of testing the market and figuring out what your customers need. And so this is a really like it's free to basically have that app. It's free to have those products in your store, right? It's the cost of actually having the store built, uh, you know, and then really you're just sitting there like the middleman, like drop shipping where your products there, you have a store, someone can come along and purchase it. When they do, you collect the money and on the back end, you push a button to literally print that product on demand and away it goes. And you don't have to manage the returns. You don't have to do all of that. So I'm finding that that's been very popular. Um, or it's also a popular complementary product to other products that people actually have. Um, you know, one of the things I've said recently is that like gone are the days of the what I call the one trick pony business, because we do have service providers, we do have coaches, we do have artists, we do have farms, we have like all these different clients. And a lot of times their day job, all of a sudden they see a need out of something and they're like, I want to sell this product because like I'm hearing customers need this. So we're seeing a lot of that. An example of that is one of my clients is actually a registered dietitian and a coach. So not only does she help people with gut health, but she's also training, you know, and helping uh, a community of people to, to do that as well. And, you know, through that process, she was like, there's no good supplements out here that I feel, you know, don't have all the fillers and things in them. So she created a supplement business and my God, was it ever successful because she knew that clients would need this product. She's passionate about this. It's what she does. And so she's implemented that. Now, the innovative piece to that is that she decided to take online to the next level. So we talk about disruption. She doesn't want to just be a supplement company where it's like, yeah, everything's really good. It's all about the fact that she's like, I want people to get the registered dietitian approach by doing an online quiz. So we're going to have an online, like special dietitian's quiz that you're going to take. And at the end of it, you're going to get individual results about what items you need for your health. And you can come back every three months when those come out and actually have it, you know, reordered to retake it again see where you're at. So there's just so many different things that we're seeing out there, but I am finding a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh, well, now I have a digital download. Now I have a course. Now I have this. All of these things are possible on Shopify. Uh, and that's actually the beauty of, you know, how it makes it so easy for such a wide variety of entrepreneurs. Oh, I love that. You're giving me so many ideas and you're so right. Like it's gone other days where it's just one little service that you offer, one product. You can do things in so many different ways. And I love that. I didn't know how, how accessible it was for so many people to be able to do that. And honestly, I'm, I'm literally having all the ideas run through my mind about <laughs> different things that I can create. And I, you're right. Like I've got a friend that's actually, who's a coach that's just created her own uh, human design card decks, which are amazing. Oh. Yeah. And so like lots of different ways. And you think about how you can 
add passive income to your business in so many different unique ways that can absolutely mm-hmm. complement your business in a really amazing way. And I love that with nutritionists. Like that's such a great idea to literally yeah. be able to, for someone to be literally at home mapping out their health and going, okay, this is what supplement I need. That's, oh, the customer experience of that would be amazing. Yeah. So amazing. And all of the other, you know, dietitians and people she's working with are like the big cheerleaders of this. So all of a sudden you have all these unintended influencers and your business is booming because people are hearing about this, but yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot of like really interesting things, fitness providers who want to sell, you know, yoga mats or sliders and booty bands. Like we have somebody that's doing that. Like we're seeing a lot of this like complimentary product to the service and how successful that's being. And one of the main reasons is they've already built this community, uh, which is obviously a huge part of what you're trying to build as a brand. And when you've already got that community and you know it's something that they need, it's like kind of like a no brainer. It's like they already know, like, and trust you, which is like the main thing that you're trying to build at the beginning. And so now you can just add to that experience, which I think is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good. So I'd love for you to share with us, what are some of like the big mistakes that you see Shopify owners or business owners do with their Shopify site that you feel like is impacting their growth? Yeah. So I feel like, so a couple things, I think one of the main things is we've seen this a lot through the pandemic. Uh, people have really quickly tried to kind of DIY the store. Uh, in some cases they're really great. And in other cases, it's like, I just had to pull this together and like, I did what I had to do, but now I want to take this to the next level and like, I need help. (laughs) So I would say, um, if someone has built a store and even myself included, when I was building mine, like the amount of times that I went in and, you know, I was self-taught and kind of YouTube and Google do not do that, by the way, that's definitely the number one thing. Do not YouTube and Google your way through that. It's not worth your time. Um, but I would say like within six months, you are going to want to redesign that store. So there's going to be a cost to you upfront in terms of your time, your energy. I'm going to also suggest frustration if you are totally new to this, if you're going to pull <laughs> totally. this together and then later another expense to have it done versus just kind of doing it off the hop. And I feel like you hear that a lot with photographers too. It's like you can DIY a lot of things, but like the investment is actually in like giving you back your time so that you can spend it in ways that will help make you money. And so I think that's a really big one. Uh, The other one too is, you know, people are hesitant to invest because they don't sometimes don't know what they're investing in. So I think, you know, seek out like have the calls, like, you know, learn about the thing. You don't necessarily have to learn how to do the thing, but I feel like learn about the thing, ask a lot of questions if it's somebody that you're going to work with and all those things. So you can at least get a better sense of what you're getting into. But I'll say one thing, and this keeps coming up time and time again, if you're going to be an online business, the investment that you're making in that, in that actual online store is actually the impression that you are giving customers. So if you don't have the luxury, of being in an online retail store and being your lovely self and coming out and telling your client all the things that you know that you could tell them in person, we have to replicate that online. And if it's not done properly, then you may not get the result that you want and it will cost you in the end of it. So I'm always like, think about the fact that you're not just investing in like a website or something like that. You're actually investing in like the store or the mall or like the experience experience that you are providing your customers. And that is worth more (laughs) than just thinking about it the other way. So there's a few things that I've seen, um, you know, with those are probably the big ones. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, yeah, rather it just be this little 
danky little thing that they set up on the side. <laughs> it has to be this cohesive thing that moves through. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges if you're DIYing it, right? Like it's just, mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't look like it's a cohesive part of your brand. Um, is there anything else when you think about the business owners wanting to scale and grow? Is there anything that you think that they should look at to that to take it to that next level? Yeah, definitely. So I'll go back to that e-commerce conference I was at this week because they actually uh, kind of one upped, you know, my feelings around email marketing. Uh, so I'm a huge proponent of email marketing, SMS for sure. But if you haven't done either of them, like email is definitely obviously the easiest, better way to kind of get started. Uh, it's accessible. Most people have be surprised if someone didn't have one. Uh, so I feel like, you know, a lot of clients kind of get in and they have a store and things like that, but they haven't invested the time in actually doing email marketing or thinking about ways to grow their email list. And honestly, if you take away nothing more, email is a license to print money. <laughs> and I know that you got into business because you deserve to earn more. You've got an awesome thing. You're trying to build that. And email is a way that you're going to be able to constantly build relationships, connect with customers. And it doesn't have to just always be a product push. In fact, I'd say it shouldn't be, uh, but it needs to be a way that you are communicating communicating what value that you're bringing. I would say probably like 99% of us are like, you know, a former version of our client and we got into doing something because of that. And we want to serve that type of client. And so it's important to remember that and use some of those things that we went through to help build that brand story. And so email is going to be a really great way to do that. The other thing I would say with email is like, you know, don't think about it just in terms of like campaigns or like the email blasts, like I was just describing about like, you know, building those connections on the regular or your newsletter what have you, but also the fact that there are so many powerful automations that we can set up. So you literally do nothing, <laughs> you know, when you're a customer, somebody lands on your store and they're browsing and the dog barks or it's time to make dinner or the boss comes and they shut the laptop, you know, and then they're gone and you haven't collected anything. Like there are automations that can be set up to send that person an email like, Hey, thanks for stopping by, you know, hoped you liked what you saw. We'd love to see you back. And, you know, we're so inundated these days. I feel with so many things that if we don't get reminders like this that go automatically that still represent our voice or brand all the things people just forget about us and so you know i think we need to always be keeping ourselves top of mind and that is a huge why i've been pushing this to the wind all <laughs> you need email you need to get on the train <laughs> i totally agree it's actually how i shop like <laughs> When yeah. you think about it, like I think there's two pieces that I want to I want to speak to to this, and because I absolutely agree with you, is the um, abandoned cart situation. Like how many businesses don't have abandoned cart set up, whereas that's actually I so prefer an abandoned cart email because there will be sometimes where I'll be literally jumping on, and for some reason this website isn't set up in a way that activates my Apple Pay, and I have to go find my credit card. That's so mm -hmm. annoying, <laughs> and I literally like. I will literally just close the website down and come back to it later and know that they're going to send me an email. If they don't send me an email, I'm probably yeah. not going to remember to buy it. Um, and then the other thing is the other day I was like, oh, I'm setting up. So I've got a retreat coming up in a few weeks and there's a few different things that I want to purchase for that as little gifts for all the women that are, that are joining. And so I went onto a website to buy these things and to put them all in my cart and then left them there because I'm like, I've got time now to get that sorted all. Then I, when I'm ready, I'll go back and then hit pay. And so I did that and then got the abandoned cut email and I was like, perfect. That can just sit there until I'm ready. And then this weekend when I've got a bit of time, I'll go back and actually sort that out. And I think that that's such, such a good idea. And I also agree with the whole, 
if, if they've jumped on, if you've jumped onto their website and getting that email as well of like, Hey, nice to, it's actually a really nice email to receive. I think that it, it can be really unique in a way that mm-hmm. really speaks to your brand that makes people feel welcomed. Um, it's almost like if you were to have a brick and mortar store and you walk in for a browse and the person at the counter doesn't say hello, you feel like, yes, well, they don't even look up and you feel like, well, obviously I don't matter. So I'm just going to leave. Like I, I get so annoyed with that level of customer service. And I feel like that email bounce is something that actually supports that customer experience. But yet I feel like a lot of people worry about that becoming annoying. So where's the fine line? Yeah. I love that you said that. And what a great analogy, by the way, I'm like, I might have to like use your analogy (laughs) and be like, so my friend Christine, she said this because that's so true, right? Like if you don't feel like you're being acknowledged and, you know, I think, you know, on the flip side of that, to your point, like how much is too much? It's like, you know, here's the thing about people giving you an email. If someone's given you their email, I don't know about you, but I am selective (laughs) about where I give it out and why I give it out. So there's maybe an incentive or it's something I'm actually really interested in. And if I don't hear from someone after that, then either I've just forgotten about them too, or it's kind of like, why haven't I heard from you, right? Like I was interested in this thing. So there's that aspect of it. Also, they've kind of changed those old stats. I don't know if you ever heard, it's like someone needs to see something like seven or eight times before it like resonates with them before they're like, oh, or there's like brand recognition, things like that. They've actually upped that. (laughs) It's like 13 or 14 times now, which is crazy. Um, That's why you see a lot of like ad remarketing and things like that. Um, So I would say, you know, maybe you're not the brand. It's got to be, it's got to make sense for the brand and go back to like the customer. So it's like, if you were that person, right? If you were that ideal customer, whoever your persona is, you know, what does that person want? You know, and is it, is it an email every day or is, you know, is it that they're busy with the kids and, you know, they've got a job and, and maybe a side hustle and things like that. And it's like, you know, what would be really good is if they got that email like Monday morning or Saturday afternoon or like sometime when they're going to have time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, a brands like anthropology, it's like I get an email every single day. I might not look at it, but when I'm ready, I'm going to look at it. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's not, you know, all the time, but like just find I'm a good thing like get... that's going to work. Yeah. And I get the emails and I almost like go to unsubscribe and they go, Oh, no, but I want to hear about the next sale. Oh, but I want to hear about the next launch. Like, yeah, <laughs> and then don't unsubscribe. It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah, there's still brand love there. It's just that I'm going to be selective about the email. And I mean, that comes back yeah. to the quality and maybe like what captured me, you know, from the subject line and things like that. But I would say, you know, it's you might feel like you're inundating people, but the reality is, is I feel this way where someone follows up with me and it's like you said, I'm like, oh yeah, right. Like I I totally forgot about this or, oh my God, I didn't know about that. I'm going to go check it out and, you know, I'll do it when I have time. So I would say worry less about being that annoying person. If someone truly wants to unsubscribe, they'll unsubscribe and you're going to have that anyway. Um, But the people who are loving your brand because it's true to you and it's true to who you believe that customer is and things like that, like go with it. Mm, I (laughs) totally agree. I totally agree. Let them self-select out. Don't, Mm -hmm. you're almost like selecting for them going, oh, I don't want to annoy them. And so I'm just going to sit back here and hide instead of actually putting my brand in front of their face for them to choose. I think, yeah, it's, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a self-preservation, self-protection, self-sabotage kind of behavior. Um, So I know like the golden dream is to have a product-based business or a Shopify business that 
is literally making us money while we're on vacation or we're sleeping or, or whatever. But that's not always the case, right? So we can create it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll come. So I would mm-hmm. love to hear your advice on what are some of the focuses we need to have when it maybe comes to that point where we've either hit a plateau or you'd like to start scaling and hitting more audiences. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just ran a workshop this week on like the five things you need to be thinking about to scale your business. Yes. Email was definitely one of them (laughs) for sure. Um, you know, but I feel like you can hit a plateau there too. Right. So, you know, when it comes to Shopify specifically, I would say it's actually like, I'm just going to, I, I don't work for them. I am a partner, obviously, so I can develop stars. So I don't really, like as much as I have my business, I don't have that much skin in the game, but it is the best e-commerce platform out there on the market. Like if you Google it, you're going to find that it is, right? And the reason for that is because they have so many integrations. And when I say integration, it's like, you can have your Shopify store, add your products and all those things. And with like a few clicks of a button, suddenly if your ideal customer, I'm going to come back to this again, it's really important to think about them. You know, if they read blogs, you can install a button that links whatever you talked about in your blog, you know, directly to your product so they can purchase it. You know, if your customer is on Instagram and Facebook, suddenly you click a button and all of your products are available there in a shop or TikTok or Snapchat, or, you know, let's just say you're making a product and you're like, well, I've always thought about like, what's better? Like, do I have a Shopify store or do I like do it on Amazon? And I'm like, you do both because you can install the Amazon marketplace channel, you know, and depending on where you live, right, there's Walmart, there's this, there's that. Like there's so many opportunities, especially in the States. There's a lot like fair is a big, you know, one. So there's all these integrations you can have literally in your store. So you don't have to manage. It's not like you have to manage all of these platforms. You don't, (laughs) you just have to set it up in your Shopify store and it manages the inventory and syncs everything and does all that for you. So I think, you know, choosing to be on platforms and making your product available to where your customers are going to be is like number one for sure. Um, you know, and then you can sync your ads and things with that through that as well. So I think that's really important. Um, You know, the other thing too is audience growth. Like I think I hear a lot from clients. So like, do I have to like be out there like as the face of the brand? And I'm like, well, I don't know, like what's your product, right? Like it might depend. Um, But more cases than not, I'm like, listen, people don't want to buy from a computer. They want to buy from a story and they want to buy from a person, right? There's a stat out there. 93% of people will purchase something if you made them feel something Mm -hmm. and you can make someone feel something without even intending to just by being real and showing up and talking about why that thing is so amazing because remember you're probably a former version of why that thing's out there right so you know i think it's just remembering that and remembering to get out and some really important things with that is like the plateau often happens when the audience size or the email subscribers or you know the followers on insta or wherever are the same and so you've got to be able to be willing to like try new things like get out there and do the podcast with Christine you know or get out there and meet someone to do an IG live or join a program like we did we met through a mastermind and like make yourself available to just like get on calls I think if there was one thing when I look back at my Shopify experience that was I didn't expect you know especially when I was in my corporate job but it was a really amazing unintended consequence of like getting into business was the community that came around that and how 
how important that is and how fun it is and how you should not be doing this alone. So I think those are like a few things. There's probably a few more, but I would say like, if you're feeling stuck, like you need to be willing to go out and try something different. This is, it should be fun and we tend to overthink it. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. We so do. And I think that you're right. It's just getting in front of more people. And I think that in this day and age that we can get caught up in the stuckness of it all, but I think if business hasn't taught us anything in the last couple of years, it's that you've got to keep testing and measuring. You've got to keep playing around with it because the landscape keeps changing, right? It keeps changing. And I think that people are getting smarter. And I think that even when it comes to like the sales piece, people are becoming so much smarter and they're not open to the hard sell or the cold sell. It has to, even if it meets their needs, right? Like it's, if there's no connection there, then we question whether we want to spend the money there, right? Like, I was um, connecting with a friend the other night and she was telling me about this other lady that she runs. She has this product-based business uh, and she has these incredible uh, handbags and phone cases, like phone bags. (laughs) I can't remember exactly what she calls them. Uh, And I was so invested in buying one because of the story she told about her. And it wasn't even from the actual person who's created it, right? Like, I don't know this lady, but my friend was telling her, she's like, you've got to check this out. You've got to, you've got to hear her story. It's amazing how she's built this incredible business while having a child at home who, who has had um, developmental issues and challenges along the way. And she shares it all on her stories and on Instagram. And you've got to check it out. The story is incredible. And I was so invested in the story that then Mm -hmm. it caused me to then go onto her Instagram and see a little bit more. And now emotionally I was invested Mm-hmm. And then I see her products in a whole new light and I'm like, oh, I really want that. And I really want this and I want to buy this. It's so fascinating, isn't it? Like we've just got to have that emotional connection. And I think that we've got to move past the whole, oh, I don't want to be seen in the business and recognize that that's actually a huge pull, a huge part of your business that can be so good. Like it doesn't actually have mm-hmm. to be this big, scary thing. It can be absolutely amazing. The community you create. Yeah. I agree. And I think like, don't minimize your experience because you're unique and you offer something unique. And just because you might not think like, well, is that really a big deal? Like it might be to somebody else. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the number of times, you know, I've got a Facebook group and, you know, we do what live trainings in there. And then someone will contact me that I I didn't even think was listening or I, I, you know, I was like, did anybody even hear what I had to say? And they're like, oh, you Mm -hmm. said this one thing. And they, they repeated really stuck with me. And, you know, now I'm interested in working with you because so like don't underestimate the fact that just being your authentic self and putting yourself out there and sharing it's so important there's one other thing i'm going to say about that though and you just hit the nail on the head it was you know word of mouth marketing for sure so your community came out told you something go check out her story so this is a really important thing to have in your shopify store is this is that whole thing where you can't be the person behind the counter greeting someone and telling them like hey welcome to you know wherever this is why you know our product's so amazing and did you know about this like you got to find a way to really share that and don't and be brave about it like put it out there and make sure that it's clear why you're doing what you're doing because that's what's really going to capture people not just i have this purse it's well hey there's a story around this purse this purse is amazing and you're going to buy it anyway but like what about all of these things and just really trying to like get into the minds of people and your people will select you <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. And do you find like that's a challenging thing for people to try and figure out that message or that like their uniqueness? 
Yeah. So I feel like people know it. I feel like they know why they're doing that thing. And, you know, we do, I kind of try to be a little sneaky about it. Like we'll put quotations around sneaky, but when clients want to work with me, I do an intake call and I'm like, tell me about this product. Tell me about it. I'm like literally using my HR interviewing skills because I'm trying <laughs> to pull out of them, like all the things and the reasons and like all the things. And I might even meet with them like a couple of times. Like each time I have an initial call and then I'm like, cool. And then I'll think about it. And then we do like a full intake. And as I'm working with them, we do a couple like review sessions where we'll mock something up and we'll get together. And the reasons that we're doing this and it's a collaborative process, they're not having to do the heavy lifting, but it's like they're having a say on, and they should, on how this thing is being put together is that the more I get to know them, the more I'm going to understand what it is they're trying to accomplish. And then it's our job to help them bring that to the forefront and, you know, try to instill some confidence and like, yes, this thing you're doing, like, what if we talked about it like this, right? So there's more of this like ideation. There's more of this like, know that thing you're doing and why you're doing it is actually really cool for the clients where it is really hard for them to do that i have somebody that i usually refer out to and i'm like you might want to meet his name's alex street by the way uh yeah. and he's the story coach yeah <laughs> totally oh but that's amazing so you know he's come and worked with my vip membership program a few of my clients have hired him uh you know and they'll go out because he has this magic skill of helping them pull out that why and that reason so a lot of times when we do redesigned websites sometimes clients are like cool we're gonna get started we get started and they're like okay hold on i've got two more sessions with alex and then i'm gonna come back and i will tell you the clients that have worked with him or the clients that do share the parts of their story that are really incredible it makes the project so much better and the end user gets it you know, like that mm. consumer really starts to understand it. So if, if they are having a hard time, there's always help for that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like uh, the podcast I did with Alex was amazing. So if you're listening and you want to go back and listen to that, it's a few weeks ago. Uh, and we talk about how we actually pull that story out. So good. So um, I totally agree. And it's that story behind it that creates that experience. Is there anything else when it comes to customer experience that you would suggest with, you know, elevating your Shopify site or elevating the community or the brand that you're putting out there? Like when it comes to the customer service yeah. experience, what are your Absolutely. thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. So inspiration and customer journey. And I'm going to say more about those two things because that's just two words I threw at you, but I want you to think about those two words. Okay. So inspiration being, you know, you've obviously got your own product and things like that. But when you're thinking about what you're building, I'm usually trying to pull out like, hey, like what types of websites are inspiring to you? What products do you really love? Why do you love them? What are some links that you can send me, right? And I, if someone hasn't really thought about it, it's like, hey, go on Pinterest and create a board of like things that you like for us, you know, especially if we do their logo design and their branding and stuff to go with the store. It's like, we wanna see like, what's like actually resonating with you? Cause we get a ton from that. And, you know, people are always like, oh, but I don't wanna copy anybody. Well, it's not about copying anybody. It's about us looking at the different things that you like. And typically there could be like, you know, I don't know, a fitness store, like a clothing boutique and maybe the purse store, right? All these different things, but there we'll pick out, oh, there's like this common theme here that this person's like really gravitating to. So there's some personality here that we wanna try to pull into your store. So don't be afraid to go out there and just start like bookmarking a bunch of things that you love because it's really gonna help you. And it's probably gonna also help you kind of manifest and generate some new really cool ideas that are going to help with that. So that's number one. Number two with the customer journey is think about yourself as the consumer. And a lot of times when people get into business, it's like we, you know, do the things, maybe we have the Shopify store, we're 
putting ourselves out there. Uh, maybe we even have the email, you know, things like that. But like, what happens after the purchase? I think a lot of times we forget about that. And there's some things where you've got to kind of think about like, okay, so let's use the the gut health person for an example. It's like, well, they're going to come and they're going to take that quiz, you know, hopefully, because they're going to find us. They're going to get a really awesome recommendation. They're going to love it. They're going to purchase the things. And then like, and then what? Well, it's like, how are you packaging up that product? Are you including a card in there that like tells them, hey, if you loved your experience, share it on Insta so that you can get that word of mouth out there. You know, are you making sure that you have some sort of email automation set up that's going to trigger from what they bought to like give them some added value so you're not having mm -hmm. to manually do those things, you know, and then are you reminding them in three months like, hey, you're almost done there. Like you should come back and take that quiz. Like, let's see where you're at. Let's check that out. Right. So it's like this constant circle of like, don't ever let them be a once and done because if somebody bought your product or somebody wanted to buy your product, like they're the hottest lead you're going to get and they will come back to you. And we typically see current customers being the most profitable, it's actually more expensive to try and get out and get a new customer than it is to continually build the loyalty around that one that you have. So there mm. might be a bunch of different things in the experience outside of those things that I thought, but it's just like, you know, what's that person going through? And like, what do you want them to feel? And like, when do you want them to come back? Why? And like, what do you want to tell them? And it's like that extra little step that you take to thinking about like, okay, like we want to keep them in this like little circle of life around our brand. <laughs> we want them to keep coming back and we want to be top of mind so that our friend can come and tell people like Christine about this awesome thing because I saw this right so it's like you're just extending yeah. yourself a little bit there yeah and is there anything that you suggest too or you've seen that that's been done really well about creating that customer experience to be shared on like I think that like I was just thinking as you were talking about one of my one of mm. my friends who saw these amazing um mushroom tablets for lack of a better word oh, I can't cool. remember the, the whole breakdown <laughs> of it but it's like medicinal mushrooms and mm. it's all about immunity and stuff like that and so she she bought them and she loved them and she was like oh my god you've got to try these they're amazing and so then she shared them with me and then I shared them with like two other friends and then there was like this sale on so then we got these links where it had all mm -hmm. these different access to these sales because we'd actually just checked out the website we hadn't actually bought yet it was really interesting about how it all worked out really well um and then it made me buy so is there anything else in particular that you would, we would suggest when it comes to creating a shareable something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like there's things that you can think about that you can do outside your brand to build community. So, you know, how many times have you checked out Elf is like a really popular brand from New York, they're a makeup brand. And I loved them because A, they were like the most inexpensive, like coolest makeup from New York that I'd seen. Uh, loved getting that little pack in the mail. But every time I would finish the checkout, there would be a little pop up that was like, hey, if you tell three friends about this, not only are they going to get like, you know, 20% off their order, but you're going to get a $10 gift card. And I was like, heck, yes, I am. And I'm going to fill that out. Right? <laughs> I know three friends who are going to buy this stuff, right? So like, that's a really easy, good one. And like, clearly, I'm the customer. It's like, everyone needs to know about this product. And I didn't even have to do anything except like hit send. And then away it went, right? Um, you know, loyalty programs, um, you know, are like a really big thing. Like think about brands like Sephora, where you get points or like samples. I work with a hair brand, actually. And when you purchase a hair care product with it, depending on what you bought, they actually give you a couple other 
samples for like the full regime and like, you know, then they do a follow up with you. So it's like, you know, I think what we're highlighting here is again, this like ways to be more human (laughs) with the online space and just being more like thoughtful and cognizant of like who is on the other end of that. And like, how could we make this experience really neat? And sometimes it's that simple. We're just going to put a little sample in here because I think it's going to fit with you. They're going to try it. And then the next time they might buy it. So like, there's lots of different things, but it's like thinking about the person on the other end a little bit more. Mm, I love that. I love that you brought it back around to that humanness because the more that you can connect with them, the more that you find something that'll just land so beautifully. Right. Like, because often yeah. what we can do is we don't we don't think about it from that expan- expansion and go, we end up creating something that actually doesn't land because we're thinking about it from our heads instead of where they're at in their experience and where they're buying and what they're doing when they're buying and then how they're using it. Like the whole, it's almost like I like to think about it, like play out that whole movie, right? Like mm-hmm. that whole experience and see how you can wow them in magical mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, Sarah. This is so good. Is there anything else in particular that we haven't touched on that you think is really important when it comes to having a successful Shopify site? Uh, so I'm just thinking, so we've kind of highlighted a few things that I've said without saying out loud, like, which is, you know, always being top, like always keeping your ideal customer top of mind. And also knowing that when you get into business and this happened with me, with my fashion boutique was, you know, who I thought I was starting with as the ideal client as I started to monitor, you know, like who was actually buying and like who was sharing things online and like, what were some of my stats, like even just Instagram insights and things like that. It's like, oh, you know, that client's maybe not like 30 or 35, that client's like 40 or 45. And like, that's who's really loving this. And like, so is what I'm saying resonating. So it's like, you know, if you're new, thinking about who your ideal client is and just getting really comfortable with like that idea of that person. Um, And you're not just going to speak to the one through the one you'll speak to many. Uh, Mm. So don't worry about that. That's a common question I get. Um, But as you're in business, it's like coming back to that and revisiting that and saying, is what we're doing actually speaking to that person? Or are we like way over here? And if we are, why are we here? Does that mean we need to revisit? So ideal client, uh, brand, invest in it. Um, You know, your brand needs to be all the things that is going to speak to that person. And, you know, if you're working with somebody to help you do that, I mean, I've built my own, I've worked with people to do it. Um, It's just really important to invest the time to think about what's going to speak to the client for sure. Um, So I think those are really important pieces. And if you don't know how to do something, like ask for help, like don't wait, Uh, hire someone who's an expert, hire someone who knows the things, even if you just have one coffee with that person, you are going to open your eyes and learn so much more from them and just keep doing that. You know what I mean? Because as a business owner, like we don't we don't know everything we do not have everything figured out and that is the fun of it is meeting people like i'm meeting people all the time and i'm like oh my god i never even thought about that i'm going to these conferences because i'm like i need additional knowledge you know all the things just be open to like going out and like be a little bit of a sponge for things and that's okay you're gonna need to be the whole time so make sure you're still on track (laughs) Mm, love it Yeah. yeah so good i'd love for you to share with us how we work with you yeah, absolutely. So there's a bunch of different ways you can work with me. Of course, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Jansel. Uh, you know, I've got a bunch of links there. Jancelandco.com is my website. Uh, there's a little form there and we list our services. So if there's something in particular that you just want to chat about, you can book a call. Uh, you can submit that. I'll reach right out to you. Uh, if you're the new person, we usually do a lot of workshops. And if you're the person who's trying to scale, we actually have opened up our membership program. We're going to keep that open. Uh, and that's where we're 
we're going to talk to our clients about like these exact things, right? Like just like Christine's been asking me questions today, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. We're going to be workshopping all those things. And I think it's really important just to surround yourself with a community of other people uh, who are in that boat and want to level up too, because you're going to learn a lot from them. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And I just want to also clarify just in case. So, so we, we have the opportunity for you can actually help them set up their shites, their site shot yes site right from the beginning <laughs> and set it up really yep. well and you do it all for them and then you teach them and educate them on how to to do that themselves and then yes. for those who have already have their site you have actually help them to level it up absolutely yeah so we can do the thing and we we can also coach you and support you and be your mentor so we try to we kind of again this is like the full circle people the customer journey right it's like i know we're gonna build it for you and you're gonna need something else so we're gonna deliver that on the other end so it's the same amazing (laughs) good thing i'm practicing what i preach here right (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely so good thank you so much for joining me today sarah it's been such a, a pleasure chatting with you all about this and it's given me so many amazing ideas as well so thank you so much i really appreciate you sharing all your wisdom today awesome thank you so much for having me appreciate it i'll make sure i put all the links in the show notes so people can find you please if you're listening to this and you've taken anything away from it please make sure that you share it on instagram and tag myself and sarah and let us know what you took away from the episode thanks again sarah thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.